Do you worry nobody will want to hear your stories or that you're just not that interesting? If you are, I know you're not alone because clients tell me that all the time, which is why I'm so excited to have Marsha Shander on the show to talk about why people will love your stories just the way they are. Let's dig into today's episode of the Biz Podcast. Welcome to the Biz Podcast, where we're going to talk about running a business you love while still having the life you want. I'm Lara Wellman, and together we're going to talk about dreams, goals, and strategies, but even more importantly, mindset, boundaries, breaking the rules, and getting out of your own way. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today, Marsha. I'm super excited to have you here. I'm super excited to be here. All right, let's start off by having you tell everybody who you are and what you do. I'm Marsha from yesyesmarsha.com, which I started six and a half years ago. And the first person who ever signed up to my mailing list was a lady I met at a conference called Lara Wellman. And then I was like, oh, damn it. Now I have to do one because <laughs> a person I don't really know just signed up. And now, as well as still doing my mailing list and blogging, I coach speakers. I write about storytelling, about how to tell compelling stories, how to tell your own personal stories in a compelling way. So I coach speakers and I coach entrepreneurs, both on how to tell their stories online and on stage. And then also weirdly, I coach them on how to write sales pages that don't make them want to cry or throw up and that help their potential clients, even if that person never buys from them, which from a service point of view is, you know, really powerful. And from a marketing and sales point of view, is very good too. Absolutely. And the thing that I love about all the work that you do is that you help people tell these stories that let people actually connect with them and get to know them and like that are, they're just powerfully real. Powerfully real. And I would add often very small stories. One of the things people say to me all the time, are like, oh, but my story isn't very interesting or I haven't done anything very interesting. And we connect to those really powerful stories and we connect often even more so to the very small stories. Because if you say, I ran away from a bear and then I narrowly escaped being killed by the KGB, then people will be gripped, but they won't necessarily be able to relate to that. Whereas if you say, you know, I worked in corporate and I hated my job and then I quit and did this other thing, then people would be like, oh, that sounds like where I am right now. And it sounds like you are where I want to be. And even in those big KGB avoiding bear fleeing stories, I'm always trying to find the small, small moments because that's how people can connect to those stories as well. Yeah. And it's amazing, right? Because I think we all think, well, I don't have the rags to riches story. I'm not interesting enough, but we all are interesting enough. And we all have these moments that people can relate to. I mean, you've taught me that I've done some of your workshops. I still remember doing one where you had me really think about crossing the border and the experience I had with the border guard. Like it's, It doesn't have to be a big thing to have an interesting moral of the story that people can connect to. Totally, totally. And I feel like it doesn't even have to have a moral. It just excites your brain in a completely different way. When you tell a story in that kind of granular detail level, as opposed to like this happened and this happened and this happened. And the most important thing, always, 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 always in stories is answering the question, how did you feel? How did you feel? How did you feel? Because that's how we can connect to any story. Like I never have narrowly avoided death from the KGB, but I know what it feels like to be frightened. And so if you describe your fear to me, then I can connect to you. And that's also my kind of underlying mission is to make everybody realize that they're not failing and that they are not as much of a loser as they feel like they are and that they don't have to be perfect. Because when you tell a story where you show vulnerability and that does not have to mean 
airing your dirty laundry when you just tell a story where you answer the question, how did you feel? And the answer is anything other than fantastic, because I just feel great all the time because nothing in my life ever goes wrong. Then anybody reading or listening to that story is like, oh, thank gosh, like you are not a perfect human either. And so maybe it's okay if I'm not a perfect human. And that just like is such a total like wash of relief. Which is a great segue into the whole theme of this season of the podcast is about rules and beliefs and things that we need to break down because they're sort of holding us back in our businesses and in our lives. And one of the things that I think is so perfect with what we're talking about now and what I know we are going to keep talking about during this podcast is the idea that people think they're not supposed to be too vulnerable. They're supposed to be a certain way. They're supposed to be strong or perfect or present something out there. And so we're trying to live up to this perfection all the time and how that sort of holds us back from actually connecting with people. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think what's interesting about this is that there is some middle ground, there's some caveats. Like I think that we need to be vulnerable and your audience needs to feel safe. So if you're like going through something right now, you know, you have to have emotional distance. That thing that people say right from the scar, not the wound you have to have emotional distance from whatever you're talking about. Otherwise we're all in the audience being like, she's gonna have a nervous breakdown in front of me. And it's scary for us. And so you want to be able to talk about stuff that you are now okay with. And also just kind of feels like garbage to us. Like I've made that mistake once or twice where I've written about something that I'm not okay with. And then people have been like, are you okay? And then I'm like, oh no, it just looks like I used it as therapy. You want to like have emotional distance. And also I feel like, say you are a service provider, you want people to think that you're not a complete gong show. You know, you don't want to be like, like there's certain things that I've done where I've just like, I've really messed up by like forgetting to send an email or something like that. And you don't want to necessarily talk about that kind of thing all the time because people will be like maybe I shouldn't hire you (laughs) because you might do that to me but the flip side is the perfect 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 and I think Instagram is a great example of this because some people have these Instagram accounts that are so beautifully curated and I love to follow those accounts because my eyes like to lay on beautiful things but I think if you want to emotionally connect with people, you need to show a little bit of imperfection because otherwise it's just too intimidating, really. And I feel like more and more people are figuring this out. So you and I made friends because we were stood in a lunch line and you overheard me talking about Marie Forleo's B-School, which if you're listening and you don't know what B-School is, it's a marketing course slash cult. And I am a fully paid up member of the cult. (laughs) I say that with great affection. But Marie, I feel like you know, she's, oh God, she has the best hair and always like amazing clothes and it's so funny and so smart. And in recent years, watching her YouTube feed, she started having these, I can't remember what she calls it, but it's kind of almost like her unplugged videos where she has a little GoPro and she's filming just her and her friends messing around. And it's kind of Marie, like you've never seen her before really, because she's so unpolished. You know, she's also like not sitting on a chair and reading something that's scripted. Not that she sounds scripted when she's reading it, but it, you know, has been written partly with the help of Laura Belgrave from Talking Shrimp, who I like to plug at any available opportunity because she's the best. And so it's very different to see her kind of running around her house or whatever. And then she has these Q&As she does now where it's like an hour and people call in. So it's live. And so again, somebody's always going to be less polished when they're live. But it's just that thing of the more human you are, the more people are going to want to connect with you because 
as my sales coach, Kendrick Shope, who's from the deep South says, are things being equal? Friends buy from friends. Are things being unequal? Friends buy from friends. And so you want to create that friendshipy connection. And that's what I love about storytelling is I feel like every single time I get on a consult with somebody who I didn't know they existed until they filled in the form to book a call with me, it feels like when you meet up with a friend of a friend and you kind of are starting like three or four friendship steps in, you know, we often start the call as if we're already friends because they read my stuff and I know they're my kind of person because some people would read my stories and be like, you are weird. I mean, all of this speaks to the same thing, right? It's nice to have some really nice looking stuff out there. It's great to present yourself professionally some of the time. And the opposite or the solution to not being so perfect, nobody can connect to you is not to constantly be a disaster, but to let people in part way and to be like, you know what? Sometimes I screw up too. Sometimes my hair is not done. And so it's not to be the opposite of that. It's just to make sure that you're finding those moments of connection because they happen constantly and we just need to believe that people are interested. And I think that's what you're good at teaching people to believe in because I think a lot of time you think, well, these small little stories, like they're boring, nobody cares, but they are really powerful for making connection. Humans are humans. And I've had people say, oh, but this wouldn't work in a corporate setting. And I always say it does. You have to frame it slightly differently. You can't walk into a presentation and say, so there I was, stood on the edge of the cliff, looking down, not sure what was going to happen next because everyone's going to go, where is this going? You have to say, you know, today we're going to talk about X, Y, Z. I'm going to show you how to get to A, B, C, but first a quick story. But then people really, really connect with it. And I see it over and over and over again. And I see it with the rooms that I speak to and that I run workshops for. The best compliment I had recently on a workshop I ran, it was for 150 healthcare professionals. And afterwards, somebody told me that the directors had been sitting around at lunch saying that they'd never seen that many people in a room where no one looks at their phone once. And I think partly I make the effort to, you know, I've studied theory of learning and I make the effort to keep it interesting, but it's also because stories are just engaging. Humans are just interested in stories. It's how we pass down information before we had books, let alone the internet. That's so true. So is there anything, I mean, you've already shared a bunch, but if there was like a final sort of thought in terms of what you want people to know when they think about not trying to be perfect or not thinking that everything has to be polished, but that there's room to be yourself and to let some vulnerability out. Is there anything that you want to sort of leave people with? Can I give you two? Because there was something I wanted to say earlier. So one is like, if you do have polished stuff, you can mix it up a little bit. I just wrote a blog called How to Brag Online Without Looking Like a Jerk and uh, my six tips. And one of them is like, you can be self-deprecating. And so sometimes I might put like a very glamorous photo of myself, but then say something stupid that happened behind the scenes. That's a bit embarrassing. Or another time it's like photos of me with my famous friends, but I look like an idiot in the photo. <laughs> and um, I put a photo of me and Charlie Gilkey and it's probably the most unflattering photo I've ever seen of myself, but it made me laugh. And so I put it up, but I'm also like, and I have a famous friend. And so <laughs> it's like sneaking a bragging under the wire. Like you can be glamorous and be human at the same time but the main thing I'd say is like keep it small like think about small stories and small moments stories aren't about us knowing what happened to you stories are about your lens on the world so it can be a story about when you went and got into your car this morning it can be a story about when you went and bought a coffee and the thought process you had before the person started talking and how you thought that they were going to talk like this but then they actually talked like that and how that completely changed the course of your
your morning or just even smaller than that you know you can talk about how you walk past a sign and I was just about to post something on Instagram about when I first moved here and I loved how the store names here just aren't like any store names in the UK and my favorite one is a bead store that's called hi beads <laughs> every time I see it I'm like hi beads but it's you know that little picture of me walking around looking at the store names you know they're never going to make a movie woman moves to Toronto and looks at store names it's not going to be a blockbuster but it's exciting for our brains when you describe what did it look like how did you feel those two questions just keep asking yourself those two and you can't go wrong yeah and people love it when they can relate to the fact that other people think the way they think when they're at home thinking they're the only one who thinks these silly things or these long things or whatever yeah and it's about finding your people right because you think those silly things and i think those silly things so we're each other's people but some people read it and be like i don't think that's all you weirdo and that's cool they're not your people and so stories i feel like are one of the quickest ways to find your people that's why when i get on consults it just feels so easy and fun and now selling just feels like me being like oh my gosh we should work together that would be so fun instead of being like burn that stuff because i'm perfect and you'll never fail with it no, I agree 100%. And there's all kinds of stuff that are on my sales pages on my website that are really there. Like I've had people say like, Oh, isn't that a little bit weird? I'm like, if people don't like it, they're not gonna like working with me. So off you go, go read it. And if that's not for you, that's totally fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just want our people. I mean, that makes it nicer for us. And it does make sales so much easier when you just have your people around. I remember when I very first started teaching networking, somebody sent me a link of somebody who was teaching something very similar. And she was best friends with everyone, like all the gods of our industry. And I just started this new service that I was selling for 150 bucks. And she was giving away a free four page PDF that basically did the same thing for free. And I was like, why would anyone ever hire me over her? And then I saw a video of her and she's lovely, but she's got like long, perfect hair, which I do not. Um, and she had like a dress, which was one color, which I can't wear because I spill too many things. And she kind of spoke in like uh, very sweet and very smart and kind of humorless. And it was cool because even though she's loving, I've like followed her stuff and found it. I never really connected with it because I'm like, oh, you're not an idiot. Like, <laughs> And so my fellow idiots might be intimidated, but like people who love you are going to look at my stuff and be like, why are you wearing so many wigs in your videos? What is wrong with you? And that's cool. I don't want to work with those guys because I don't like working with people who do not like me. <laughs> it's not fun. I've tried it. It sucks. No, I 100% agree. So yeah, so Marsha has amazing videos. Some of them include her wearing wigs. And Marsha, when people want to find out more about you after this podcast, where can they do that? Well, I'm going to make a special page for you. And on there, I'm going to put a couple of things up, including the blog that I just mentioned. I'll put up a wiggy video as well. So if you go to yes, yes, Marsha, that's Y-E-S-Y-E-S-M-A-R-S-H-A dot com forward slash biz podcast. That's where you'll find me. Awesome. And we'll put that link in the show notes as well. Marsha, I always love chatting with you. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. And thank you again, seven years later, for making me actually start writing a mailing list. <laughs> I think it was a good thing for the whole world. <laughs> Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed the show, I hope you subscribe, share with friends, or leave a review online. And come hang out with us in my free Facebook group, The Biz Studio Community. Until then, I hope to see you online.